Hey folks, it's time for another episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. This episode is taken from a page of the Necronomicon Sagittarium. Our secret book of archery, so to speak. But, anyway, it's all about alignment. And as the title says, alignment is the linchpin of your form. Some people may be like, what's a linchpin? A linchpin is just a pin that you pull out, and if you do, because it's holding everything together, everything falls apart. In alignment, when it comes to archery, it's exactly like that. So, when we talk about form in general, there's a lot of things that come to mind. Keeping your arm up, controlling your breathing, keeping the proper amount of pressure on the bow and on your release, your stance, all those things. You name it. But from what I've seen, the most impactful of all these, which is why it's in my Necronomicon, and it also affects everything that I just mentioned, is alignment. Okay? So let's start from this. When we talk alignment, what are we saying? Alignment starts from the bottom up. In another episode, I went over comparing your form to that of a building, how it's built from a foundation and all the way up. And if there's a weak point anywhere, it makes it very unstable. So with alignment, if any part of your alignment is off from the bottom to the midsection, to the top. The entire system becomes unstable and it's very, very difficult to repeat if the system is unstable, okay? So, like I said, we're going to imagine your body is a building. So, again the base or the foundation of that building is your foot position. Okay. Foot position has to be comfortable. It has to be providing you clearance. Okay. If you're pigeon-toed, I'll get into that in a second with some coaches teaching that. Don't ask me why. Or if you're too spread apart, it'll affect your overall alignment. and It'll play games with your draw length. Yeah, I'll get into that too because it really does. So starting from the basics, your foot position when addressing the target should be about a 45-degree angle. This creates what we call an open stance. And your feet should be about shoulder distance apart. Now, a closed stance, which is the opposite where your feet are exactly in line and directly perpendicular to the target, okay, it leads to upper alignment issues and shot clearance problems. So what's a shot clearance problem? Well, happy you ask, because I'll tell you. When you first start, or when people first start, what I tell them is, if you're not going to listen to what I say, bring a cooler with you with a lot of ice and some cans of soda or bottles of water Whatever floats your boat. They look at me and they're like, why? I said, well, if you're not going to listen to me, you're going to need them. 
Oh, we're going to get tired? I'm like, if you say so. And the reason I had them bring that, I think everybody knows where I'm going with this, is that if your alignment is off, and let's just say you're standing exactly perpendicular to the target with your feet parallel instead of off at a 45, when you draw back the bow, you may or may not notice that the string comes really close to your chest and your arm. And how many people who didn't listen to me or didn't listen to anyone fired off that first or second shot and whammo, smacking you right on the forearm. And now you have a nice electric red forearm, which go into your cooler, grab a can of soda or that bottle of water that's been chilling in there and place it on there so you can take down some of the swelling. It'll take the sting off of it. But if you all listen to me, or listen to your coach, if he knows what he's doing, you can avoid all that. So again, we start with a 45-degree angle to the target, feet shoulder distance apart. The position of your feet now should be your front foot or your leading foot, the tip of that foot should line up with the instep of your rear foot. And what that does is it allows you to get more clearance and it's also more comfortable. And you can slightly twist it out if you want the front foot, make it even more comfortable. Each person is a little different, so I just see what works. And foot position is so important to everything else as we build this alignment up. From the bottom up, remember working from the bottom of the building with the foundation, that what I do with new shooters is I have them go out or sometimes I'll go get it if I remember. At my age, I'm starting to forget a lot of things. But it's in the Necronomicon. Chapter 8, verse 9. Don't hold me to that. It's somewhere in there. But what I'll do is I'll go out to the store and I'll buy what we call oak tag, which is used for school projects and all that. It's just a heavy bond, almost cardboard type of paper. And I'll put that down across the shooting line and I'll have them stand until we find that natural stance that works for them. And then I'll trace the outline of their feet, the front and the rear, on that. And then I'll take it up and I'll fold it in half after their session is done and I'll be like, from now on, you bring this with you to every session until we don't need it anymore. And they'll be like, why? The purpose is so you remember to put your feet in the same exact position every single time. Again, building on the foundation of repetition. Well, guess what? If you do the same thing every single time, your body automatically learns, oh, I'm supposed to be standing like this. And when you're not standing like that, you'll know and you can adjust. Because what happens is if you don't start with the alignment from the base and you vary it, you're going to vary in different things. And one of the things you're going to vary in is your draw length. Get to that in a second, as I said. And the other thing you're going to vary is in clearance. Clearance is the most important. Now, we move up the building to the middle, okay, to so like the middle height of the building. So for fancy fancy buildings in New York, you might see like that's where they put a terrace level, and then 
Everything starts narrowing in the building as you go up from there. Well, your hips are going to be that middle terrace level. And they have to be in line with the feet. Or there'll be a fight between the upper and lower parts of the body. And the hips have to be in line because if they're not, then you're going to wind up twisting your torso and making it perpendicular to the target again. And if you just look at what happens when you do that at full draw, that string goes from having plenty of clearance between your arm and the string and being right next to your chest and arm again. So what we fix with the feet, you just blew out of the water by not lining up your hips. Now, here's where the draw length thing comes into play. You have to keep everything the same. Again, we're starting from the foundation. We're going to the middle, to the terrace level. You have to have everything in line. Okay? Because if it's not, your draw length is going to be off. Yeah, I said it. Your draw length is going to be off. If you collapse, okay, you let your torso twist, even though your feet are in the right position, two things are going to happen. One, your shoulder is going to turn in. Get to that in a second. And two, your rear arm is going to come back further, which means like all of a sudden the draw is too long on you. So we can set your draw length once we finally find what's properly and comfortable for you. But if you don't maintain your same stance, your same hip position every single time, it's going to feel different every single time. A little shorter, a little longer, depending on which way you're twisting. And we want to avoid twisting because guess what? If you twist, you're going to eventually start slapping that arm again. So why is this important? Like I said, if you're set up by a shop, let's just say, and they set you at a 28-inch draw, okay? Because when you went to the shop, you didn't know much about your form. They really didn't pay attention to how you were standing. They just had you draw it back. They fit you properly based on what your stance was at the time. So let's just say that your stance is sitting there and you're perpendicular to the target. Okay. And they measured it exactly like that. Well, when you find your real position that allows you to actually clear your arm without smacking the bejesus out of it, that draw is going to seem awfully short. And what happens if you have an, an awfully short draw? You wind up missing to the left or to the right or whatever, but for a right-handed shooter, you're going to miss to the left. And it's going to be inconsistent. That word I keep on saying, inconsistent. We want to avoid having that word in your diagnosis for what's going wrong. So again, it affects your draw length. Now, hips and feet, the direction there, everything and all that, and related to your shoulder, which I'm going to get into. But let's just say, now we teach you how to stand properly and all that. A 28-inch draw could move forward on you because now all of a sudden your arm is further out. It can shorten on you, okay? It can shorten on you because now that you're standing in the right position, your arm moves to the left. And now it seems too short. It can shorten by half an inch, quarter inch, whatever. 
Conversely, if now all of a sudden they had you were in an improper stance or something like that, let's just say that you had the right idea, okay? But you when you get to actually shooting, you're not using the same stance, like an open stance, and you're actually standing perpendicular to the target. Your draw length, okay, is too long. You heard it. Your draw length is going to be too long because guess what? Now you're turning your shoulder and your feet. Guess what? Watch the hands and they come further back because they've got more room to it because it's not being taken up by creating that triangle with your arms and your shoulders and your back. Again, the triangle now, which we're going to get into. So, like I said, just the way you stand affects your draw length. The way you stand affects your draw length. I'll say it again. Because some people will tell you, well, your draw length never changes. You're correct. Your draw length never does. However, your draw length in relation to how you're standing does change. And if you can't stand exactly the same and have your hips in line every single time, you will not be consistent. So, let's take the elevator up and now move to the shoulders. Okay? Now, there's a lot going on in this floor because you've got your shoulders, you've got your elbow, your arm, and your hands. So, if you want to see what I'm talking about, just stand Say, and have your feet perpendicular to the wall and raise your arms up. Come to your draw position, right? See how close that string would be to your shoulder, to your arm and all that. Now, move yourself to your proper position with that 45 degree keeping your hips in alignment. Make sure your shoulders are now above the hips. So now we've got an ongoing theme. Feet, shoulders, hips, or feet, hips, shoulders, however you want to say it, all three are now in line. And all you're doing is lifting up your arm. Place the bow, pull back, boom. We create the triangle that I just mentioned. Now, the more narrow that triangle gets, the closer your string is getting to your arm. Less clearance, poor alignment. But when you go into proper, that triangle opens up. And the whole idea behind it is to allow the alignment via the triangle, which is now set up between your feet, your hips, and your shoulders, to allow your elbow okay, to be a direct line through the arrow to the front of the bow. Now, your hands are in line also, but then the elbow can't be forward of you. And it can't be behind you. It has to be exactly in line. And it affects a lot of things. So the shoulders, if they're not maintaining alignment with your feet and your hips, what will happen is some people will do the feet and hips, but then roll their shoulder forward when they're drawing. This often happens because people are taught improperly how to draw a bow. And we'll get into that. We've had other episodes on it. I'm not going to get into it too much here but let's just say 
if you're taught to draw a bow improperly, a lot of times you're throwing that front shoulder in it just to try to get extra power drawing back. But like I said, the way I teach, you're not using your arm to generate your power. You're using your shoulders and your back to generate the power. So now, if your alignment is correct, everything can form that triangle and actually the hand is going through your head, which is in line with the arrow, which is in line with the bow. We're cohesive. We're not fighting against each other. And everything can work. Because remember, the basis of shooting is relaxation. You can only have tension being generated through that chain, which is going through your arm and into your shoulder as you pull your shoulder to the spine. Well, if the alignment's not there, the triangle's too narrow, or you're standing too open, that sort of thing, and you relax any part of that system, it tends to collapse. Again, linchpin. Remember what I was saying? If the alignment's not there, it will collapse. Doesn't make it steady, which means that part of your form is not going to work cohesively with the rest of it. And that's going to mess you up. Mess you up really bad. So we want to just be able to have our feet in line with our hips, in line with our shoulders, and lift your arm up, not above your head, not below it, to a comfortable position. Remember what I said about being comfortable so you can repeat things in another episode? Well, now you're just lifting it up. And guess what? You're just lifting up your arm and pulling back with your shoulder, and everything is right as rain because now the elbow is lining up so that the way I kind of tell people, your arrow should be lined up, the back of the arrow, with going through the crease of your elbow and coming all the way forward. And your two hands, if you look at them, your front hand is at a 45-degree angle on the bow. Your rear hand can be at a 45-degree angle, can be however you want. But either way, they're in line with each other now. They're supplementing and complementing each other. And the arrow is right in the middle. So the whole system from your elbow through the arrow, even though your hands are in different places and all that, creates one straight line. It's not being pulled to the left or to the right. Because your draw length is set properly with your stance, the arrow is not pointed left and it's not pointed right. Too short on a right-handed shooter, it's pointed left, you miss to the left. The target also jumps around on you because you can't hold a steady side picture like that because it's an imbalance in force, imbalance in alignment. Too long, and it'll point to the right for a right-handed shooter. You'll be sloppy. You'll be pulling around your face instead of to your face. Also, creates inconsistency because of it. And actually, if it's too long, it'll actually hit your face on the way out. You may not notice it because it may not be as noticeable, but it has to go around your face and all kinds of other problems can happen. And you wind up with poor execution. Again, if we keep the basics of everything, feet, hips, shoulders, all in line, now your elbow's in line, and your elbow's not jacked up, all, again, think of the, the alignment, looking at it from the rear of someone. An elbow which is level, okay, is not jacked up into the sky like you see a lot of people shooting. 
The arm is lifted up but not being held above your shoulders. So we're maintaining a straight line. Again, alignment. You're going to see a lot of people who have their shoulders, their elbows jacked up all the way in the sky when they're shooting. So you may say, well, it's in line, but yeah, it's in line, but do you see what else is happening there? Your alignment is not straight like the arrow. And what does that do? Well, I can tell you. First thing it'll do is it'll put improper pressure on your D-loop when you're pulling. And instead of pulling evenly back, you'll be pulling more on the bottom than on the top. And that can give you all kinds of problems with consistency when it comes to point of impact. Because if you lift it a little bit more this time, a little bit less this time, remember what I said, repeating something that's not natural is very, very difficult. So now all of a sudden I'm trying to repeat a shot where my elbow position going up or down, even though it's in line, a little higher this time, millimeter lower this time, a little bit like this, and all of a sudden you get all kinds of crazy things happening. Also, regarding firing a release, let's just say you're using a tension-based release. It's really evident when you try one of those with one of those gigantic high elbows, the release won't go off because if you're not pulling straight in a release, most of them don't let go. And it gives you problems with clearance, gives you problems with how that release part opens up. It doesn't leave the bow cleanly. You name it, all because you're out of alignment. You may be aligned front to back, but guess what? Your alignment just went right out the window because now you got your shoulder jacked up all the way over here. Again, going back to the repeatability, trying to keep it up at the exact same height is going to be difficult. So the best shooters you'll see are pretty much level going all the way across. So again, alignment, up and down, left and right. So the elbow is now aligned. Your hands are aligned. They may not be in the same places, but the elbow, for the crease of that elbow, where you actually bend on the inside between your your forearm and your arm and the rest of your arm, just imagine the arrow going through that. And the most important part about all this, where it not being too far forward, as I said, because it's too short, or too far back because it's too long, it's real simple. If your elbow's not in alignment, as we said and got into on other podcasts, when you're executing your shot, you're applying pressure through a chain that runs through your arm, an imaginary chain, and you're tightening that chain up, and you're pulling your shoulder towards your spine. Well, guess what? If it's too far out in front of you, like it would be if the draw is too short, the alignment's off, guess what it makes it hard to do? To pull on that chain. And you wind up pulling too hard, too too much. Either way, it becomes inconsistent. Impact point changes. Conversely, if it's too long, you can barely generate any pressure to tighten that chain. Because guess what? It's too long. The shoulder is already against the spine. I'm sorry, but if you push on a wall, you, unless it's a really crappy wall, pushing against it, it's not going to move the wall. So how are you supposed to do that? And for those who of you who are 3D shooters... And hunters out there, guess what? If your draw is too long or too short, meaning that your alignment 
is out of whack. Try shooting on a steep downhill or a steep uphill and tell me how it goes for you. When your draw is too long, your alignment's off, and you try to shoot on an uphill, it'll never go right. Same thing going downhill. You'll get all kinds of weird lefts and rights because, again, your system, and another way to think of it is everything's got to be lined up, feet, hips, shoulders, right? Because that forms the pin that a turret's going to sit on for a big gun. Let's just say, for like, if you took a pole and you and you stuck a crossbow on top of it, right? You could rotate the crossbow left or right. But if that thing wasn't in alignment, it would lean forward, it would lean back, to the right, to the left, pitch left and right. It'd be almost impossible to use. It would kind of defeat the purpose of having the pole there. Yes, I brought up crossbows. Don't shoot me for it. But it's trying to make an example for you. Anyway, so you can see now feet, hips, shoulders, arms in line, elbow in perfect alignment, allowing you to form the basis of that linchpin that's holding everything together, which is your alignment. And the last part is your head. Again, your head. So a common problem that I see is that people will not have their peep in the right position or something like that, and they'll either twist their head too much or too little. Well, you can say that thing where no matter how much you turn your head or not, looking through the peep because you're aligning the peep and the sight housing is always going to be the same. Yeah and no. Yes, it'll always be the same if you're always looking at it from the same distance and all that because you have your proper anchor and all that. But you know what happens when you're not turning your head the same amount every single time? In order to accommodate your head being a little bit more to the left, you're going to start shifting your shoulders or your hips or something to make it feel like, oh, yeah, okay, I got this now. And you're actually looking through your head at a different position, but when you look down, nothing's in line anymore. Now, what it was a big, solid form up until this point, you just pulled the linchpin out when you screwed it up with your head position. So again, you need to find a position that you can repeat, is comfortable, but you maintain with your alignment. And there's little tweaks that you do here and there to make it all work together. Because like I said, if it's too rigid, you can't repeat it. And if you can, you can't repeat it for very long, which affects your consistency. So the form, when it comes to your angular change, your alignment change. If you change one thing, it affects the entire system. So again, you have to be lined up, make sure that everything is good from the bottom up, and make sure the head falls into line with it. Which for a lot of people, the first time I show them, hey, this is what you're doing, it's like, whoa, I can't believe I have to turn my head all the way that way. Like we can work on different ways to maybe adjust your stance a little bit. In the end, your alignment is going to come out straight. So, yes, we can tweak it just a little bit. But if your alignment is not all together, 
and you're moving the rest of the alignment to accommodate your head, it's not going to work. So as you can see, the alignment is extremely important to how you execute your shot. It's actually the most important thing besides all the motor programs that got to run in your head to do everything along with the three C's of archery like I mentioned in the last podcast. If you didn't listen to that one, go back and listen to it. But that'll do it for the subject of this podcast, which is all about alignment. Now, we're going to get to our listener questions. So, Annette H. from Houston, Texas writes, Hi there. I recently found your podcast. I see you haven't put out any new ones lately, so I'm hoping you're still working on new ones and can help me with my problem. Yeah, everybody knows I was away for health problems and stuff like that. I'm still not 100%, but I'm still doing it. So I'm glad you stuck with it. And I'm answering your, pro- your questions and your emails anyway as I go along through this. And she goes on to say, ever since I got my new Focus, Super Focus RTX, I've been plagued by a significant number of my shots impacting left. <coughs> Excuse me. The first few arrows of every practice, I'm right on the money. But by the 10th arrow, or any number of arrows after that, I'm consistently hitting left. <coughs> this is really getting to me. I'm shooting the 37-inch model of the Focus. And my last bow was a Bowtech Carbon Rose. I think I know which bow that is. The shop said they matched my setup exactly, and it seemed to be fitting perfectly fine with the only exception of the peep which needed to be adjusted by quite a bit. This is very frustrating and I just don't know what to do. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Yeah. Well, here's the thing and I did write back to her. It's the only listener question for this week. But I did write back. And The Carbon Rose is a much shorter bow than the Super Focus. Or the Super Focus RTX or whatever they're calling it these days. Anyway, so the first telltale clue for me was the shop matched everything. But she still had to adjust the peep. So if you, I don't know what the length of the Carbon Rose was. I just know it's shorter. But let's just say you have a bow that's 32 inches, axle to axle and you're trying to transfer your settings to a 37-inch bow, y'all can't just put the peep in the same place where it was. That's why they had to move the peep. Because there's only one thing that's consistent. Remember, the axle-to-axle is now different. And again, this is getting into a little bit of a technical thing, but the axle-to-axle is different. Therefore, where that peep is going to sit on the string to be at the same eye level for the shooter is going to vary. The, and the only consistent measurement is at full draw. If you measured the old bow and you measure from the top of the arrow or the middle of the arrow all the way into the center of the peep, that distance is consistent no matter what length the new bow is. And if you were to put it on a draw board and measure it out, you could put it in the same place. They didn't. So now all of a sudden they had to move her peep around. The other thing that that probably happened with her is that 
when she's drawing back, now it's a different fit on the face. Remember, the axle to axle creates a different angle. So maybe she was used to anchoring with her nose pitched down onto the string because it's a shorter axle to axle. And now this one comes more closer to the face, and now she's got her head actually level or even pitched a little bit back. And when I talked to her, and I had her send me a picture of what her draw looked like, these are all things that I was seeing. She didn't have a picture of her drawing the old bow, but I could see that her head was slightly pitched back now, looking at this, and the other telltale was her draw length did not look right. So while draw length is consistent from one person, you know, from for every person, no matter what bow they go with, how that draw length is actually measured sometimes between the manufacturers isn't. So it's 29 on a PSE, even though it is 29, may not match up to a 29 on a Matthews or a 29 on a Bowtech. It's just facts, people. It's what it is. Like Matthews, they would say they come out about a half an inch to a quarter inch long. So typically someone will order it shorter. Um, but again, they're transferring settings from one to the other. So apparently... It's not the shop's fault entirely. And again, I don't like to point fingers, but it's not the shop's fault entirely because what she told me she did was she bought the new bow and she said, here, can you guys set it up? And she left the old bow there and said, just match it up to this. She comes to pick it up. They didn't bother trying it out. She goes home. She shoots in the backyard. All of a sudden, everything's off. The peep's not in the right place. Winds up going back to the shop, which was like 60 miles away, she told me. And when she's in that shop over there, they wind up adjusting the peep and all that. So now, when I told her, I said, look at the cut of the string on your face. Your nose is actually tilted up, which means for your form and all that, I could see she was like really, really narrow on her stance. Like for your form and all that, right now your draw length is probably too long. So what I did was I said, Okay, you're a bow, you have the ability to change the draw length yourself. It's basically two screws on each cam. If you're comfortable doing it, you can do it yourself, or you take it back to the shop and they'll do it for you. So I sent her the manual for the bow. I was able to look it up. I said, here, just undo these two screws and rotate it to the letter, which is higher up in the alphabet when it comes to a PSC. So they start from A being the longest, and then B, C, D, E, F, G, so on and so forth. I think she was on like letter H. I had her move it to a J, which in essence shortened her draw length by about an inch. I did this with somebody not too long ago too. I said, do the same thing on the top. Make sure both letters are matching. Make sure the pin engages. Tighten them down. She did. I said, then draw it back and tell me with your proper stance, 45 degree and all that, if it, lines up a little bit different. Well, guess what? The peep was in the right place, but now all of a sudden the string actually came further up on her face. And now she wasn't tilting her nose back all the way. So what was happening to her, (coughs) excuse me, was that her first couple of shots that she was engaging in all the time, 
She was forcing herself to try to get in there abnormally and make the shot happen. Like I said, you can only do that for so long before it breaks down. Her case is like 10 or 12 hours later and boom, nothing works. Because she was contorting her alignment. Contorting her head. Remember what I just mentioned? This is why I brought this email up. Her head wasn't aligned. It was pitched wrong. All that stuff wasn't working. And the result is you wind up paying for it with your accuracy and your precision. So we didn't want that to happen. We changed that around. And I said, try shooting like this for about a week. Always check and make sure those screws are tight in case you did something wrong. Shoot like this for about a week. Paying attention to your alignment from the feet, the hips, the shoulders, keeping that arm in the right position, elbow proper alignment. And one thing that she did show me was that the D-loop on her old bow was a lot shorter, well, a lot longer, should I say, than it is on this one. And I asked her to have someone take a picture of her from the rear, and guess what? Her elbow was out a little bit. I said, okay, we got lots of opposing forces here. You're going to need to lengthen that D-loop, which she went back to the shop. They lengthened it by maybe, an, I think it was like an eighth of an inch they put extra on it. I told her just to keep on playing games with the D-loop length until her elbow came into line. Now her elbow's in line. She emails me a week later and says, you know, it fixed the problem. Now she's hitting consistently and not dropping off after the 10th hour or the 12th hour. And shooting is fun again. So again, the alignment, copying the, the settings and all that from one boat to the other, but not having the alignment come out exactly the same because it's a different bow and all that. That's what screwed her up. And fortunately, we were able to fix that for her. And I was very happy about that. So that took care of Annette's problem. And thankfully, she's doing great since then. And she's emailed me a couple times about being so happy and asked me a whole bunch of other things. So sometimes when something's not going right, people tend to get discouraged. People tend to give up. And that leads me to the don't be that guy segment of this episode. So looking at that last situation we had, sometimes people can get very frustrated. They can get very discouraged from what they're doing. So, and when they get discouraged, they don't want to do something anymore. They just want to give up. So today's don't be that guy goes out to people who, let's just say for better, a lack of a better word, are only in it when stuff is going good for them. Okay? So don't be that guy who when stuff isn't going right for you, just gives up. Who's not willing to stick with it to make it come out right. Because here's the thing about this. If you're that guy who, when 
the things aren't going right for them, all of a sudden, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not having fun doing this. I can't handle the extra pressure to try to make this right. You give up. You can't do that. You know why? Because if you do that for everything in life, not just archery, you're going to become a failure. If you're not willing to put in the effort, once you recognize that there is an issue to fixing that issue, you are doomed to a life of starting and giving up on stuff and never, never becoming proficient and learning to adapt and overcome. One of the things the military teaches is learn to adapt and overcome. I've said this on recent podcasts. I'll say it again. And if you're that guy who just gives up, you're obviously not trying to adapt at all, and you're never going to overcome. If you're that guy or that girl who does this constantly, you are in for a life of disappointment. It's all fun and games when everything is rolling your way, but when it doesn't, you just step aside saying, you know what, I'm not doing this. As someone who's dealing with a lot of things medically, I can tell you right now, if you just give up because things aren't going your way, you ain't going to make it, pal, or gal, or whatever. You have to stay focused. Remember what we said in a previous episode? Focus is a part of your archery solution. Stay focused. Live through adversity. Adapt. Overcome. Don't give up. Don't be the guy or the girl who just because it's not going right for you, again, I'll say it, just gives up. Stick with it. Get through it. Get help to get through it. And it's not just about archery. It's about anything in your life. And if you can do that, you will succeed. So just don't throw everything away because all of a sudden, things aren't rolling the way you want them to. Learn to make it work. If it's raining lemons, learn how to make lemonade. And that'll do it for the Don't Be That Guy segment. I hope it really speaks to certain people out there because I see all too often people give up too easily. And often they wind up giving up the things that they actually love and they'll regret it later on. But it goes for everything in your life. So anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the High Power Archery Podcast. As always, if you have any questions, please be sure to reach out to us at highpowerarchery at gmail.com. Visit our website at www.highpowerarchery.com. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash highpowerarchery. And we have a new YouTube channel out there too called the High Power Archery Challenge. Which going back to that whole don't be that guy thing, don't let something take you out of the game the high power archery challenge channel which is youtube.com slash at high power archery it's all about setting a goal for yourself and getting to it 
on that channel, you can follow me through my weight loss thing because now that, I, you know, since being out of commission and having all kinds of health problems, I my weight ballooned and now I'm going back to where I should be. But it could be for anything. But there's plenty of information on that channel. It's still in development, but there's, I think, four or five videos up there already trying to get you into the proper mindset, telling you how to do it, how to track your progress, no matter what your challenge decides to be. If it's going to be a weight loss thing, if it's going to be how to go from shooting a 290 to a 300, it's all the same thing. But check that out. Find out more about it. It's in development. Some of the graphics suck. Fixing that now too. But again, more videos will be up there every single week. Follow along on my progress. If you're progressing with it on your own challenge and you're having a problem, send me a video. I'll reply with a video. Send me an email. I'll reply with an email. Don't care. Let others know that if you have a particular goal that you're having a problem getting to, there's a big community of people out there who want to help you because they're all in the same spot and trying to do their thing too. And a lot of people out there have been able to do it. But guess what? If you don't hear about someone else who's been able to do it before, you might not have the inspiration to do it on your own. And that's why we create that channel. But enough of that. And no further gilding of the lily. It's time to end this one. So, as we always say, it's never goodbyes until we see you again. And until then, shoot straight and stay safe.